Welcome to the PA Books Podcast. PA Books is a production of PCN, the Pennsylvania Cable Network. This program features interviews with authors of books on Pennsylvania people, history, sports, business, nature, and politics. We hope you enjoy this podcast. This week on PA Books, Carl Kerner, author of Beyond the Art Spirit. Carl Kerner is the author of Beyond the Art Spirit, Mentoring of a Young Artist by Carolyn Wyeth and her brother Andrew. Now in the book you tell the story uh, in 1966 of your, you attending an Andrew Wyeth exhibit in Philadelphia as a young boy. Uh, why was that experience important for you? Well, um, Phil, I, I think the, the, the feeling of that is uh, going into a, a big city in, in, in Philadelphia uh, with my uh, grandfather and my my parents and and seeing all these people uh, that are just flocking around. This was, this was at the uh, Academy of Fine Arts in uh, in Philadelphia, and uh, seeing these paintings that really are in my backyard uh, resonated with me uh, even at at uh, the age of nine, and uh, just uh, saying to myself. This is someplace special, even at that young age. Now, did you know you wanted to be an artist pretty early, or was this something that was more gradual? Uh, I think, well, you know, growing up, is, you know, on a, on a family farm, uh, there, there's a work ethic, uh, you know, farming. Uh, uh, you know, you're seeing Andy Wyeth uh, coming out uh, to the farm and you know, coming and going as he pleases. Um, it it was in the back of my mind, but you know, when you're a kid growing up, you still want to play little league baseball and that type of thing. And and uh, yet, uh, there was something inside me that that led me to uh, uh, explore uh, a creative side of me. When did you first start drawing? Oh, geez, I, I guess I guess when I was able to hold a hold a pencil, you know. Uh, uh, just finding that you could do magic with a little point and create something, no matter how good or, or poor it was, but you were able to create. And that really, uh, uh, it, it brought you to, to new worlds that probably you, you wouldn't even think of existed, especially if they weren't good. <laughs> So as you were drawing as a boy, were, were your parents supportive of this interest? My, my mother and father were always uh, very supportive. Uh, my dad, at, at, a, at a very uh, uh, early time in my life, he said, you know, Carl, don't, don't ever become a farmer. There's, there's no money in it. Uh, you know, my, my grandfather always you know, had quite a bit of land. He sold uh, land to pay the taxes, which... I just don't understand even to this day uh, that that can happen. But uh, uh, so I became an artist. So that wasn't very rich uh, either. <laughs> but it was something that if you follow your passion, I think doors open up in a in a way that you just can't possibly uh, expect. So as you were developing as a young artist, uh, at what point did you connect with uh, Carolyn Wyeth? 
Uh, my father, uh, when I was about uh, oh maybe ten or eleven or you know, somewhere in that area, uh, took some drawings, unbeknownst to me, over to over to Carolyn, and just to, just to show her that his son was uh, uh, doing some some uh, artwork, and uh, so uh, she had him for a little while, and then she called uh, one day and uh, said she'd like to meet me, and. Uh, so uh, my dad took me over. I still wasn't quite sure why. And uh, when we got over there, uh, she was sitting there and, and uh, uh, Carol was a chain smoker and just puffing away. <laughs> and she said, I've seen your drawings and uh, I want you to go home. <laughs> I'm a kid, well, that, that's interesting, you know, so uh, a little bit intimidating. And then she held up her finger and said, go home and do something and mean something to you and I'll see you in two weeks. And that started a, a seven year uh, uh, relationship. So what did you draw when you went home? Well, you know, that, that, that's interesting because uh, I get home to the family farm and I'm thinking, geez, you know, uh, uh, you know, her brothers covered everything. So what am I supposed to do? But then hearing what she said, do something that means something to you uh, and uh, I did some of the things that, that meant to me uh, uh, something special uh, over at the farm. And, and, uh, and I just went ahead and did that. And later on, uh, year, a few years later, I actually went to Andy and he was painting over at the farm at the time. And I said, uh, look, I have a problem with this. I said, you know, you've been painting here for so many years, you know, you mind if I paint in our own family property? And he literally uh, laughed at me. And he said, Carl, if you see it through, you'll have your own voice. Go right ahead. And that just opened up a, uh, a whole new world to me, even though I was so close to it. Because, you know, we always felt it was uh, Andy's turf, but of course the Kerner property. Uh, what kind of relationship did you have uh with Andy during that time period? You know, when I was working with Carolyn, he was very, very respectful on staying just enough away uh, to let her take care of me in, in an artistic way. She was He was careful not to step on her uh, toes. And, uh, but he would always, uh, when I'd see him, he said, what have you been doing? And he would, you know, show me, I mean, I would show him what uh, I was doing. And uh, uh, I just, uh, you know, it just became very uh, uh, a closer relationship as, as time went on, especially after she passed away. So did they both have adjacent properties to your family farm? Well, um, the, the NCYS property where Carolyn uh, lived, uh, is just through about a, oh maybe a ten minute walk from the Kerner Hill back through the woods, uh, and uh, when Andy was a young boy, he was you know he would walk over to the Kerner farm, do his drawings and and so on, and uh, so outside of, I think one property in between us, we were very very close. And so were were these people that just because they were your neighbors, did you know them you pretty much your entire childhood? Uh, the Wyaths. Yes. I uh, knew him my whole 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 life, and 
I mean, Andy, uh, you know, he, he was part of the family. I mean, Carolyn was part of the family. And, you know, I mean, Andy had free reign of the Kerner farm. He'd come and go as he pleased. And, and uh, so you would always run over, uh, run into him over at the farm. And, and uh, uh, but careful not to, to uh, interfere with his own creative process. So is this, was it something where you might be out walking across the farm and you'd see him out painting or was it, was it that Absolutely. type of thing? Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, you know, you would see him, you know, you'd have a small talk, but you'd be on your way. But, but uh, as I developed as an artist, he would always say, well, what have you been working on? And uh, I would like to see it. And uh, as, as uh, an adult, he he would stop over to my place maybe once a month and we'd have a, a critique session and he spent a lot of time talking to me not about how to do something but basically what it took to become an artist what it what it really meant to be an artist the commitment the uh, the, the passion um, painting what you love painting uh, the things you know and if you didn't know them get to know them um and it you know i, I talked to a lot of young artists today and you know i think the, the biggest thing is can you sustain it through a lifetime and i think that's the that's the hardest uh, hardest part now uh, how did andy's and carolyn's philosophy of art differ uh well i know um well, first of all, I think they're very similar. Paint what you love and what you know. Uh, Carolyn, uh, she never really did many studies. Andy, he would do so many studies to get it to where he would want to, uh, to get it just right in, in his mind. Carolyn, basically, I thought, uh, shot from the hip. You know, uh, I think her, her philosophy in life is, I'll do what I damn well please. <laughs> and... Uh, um, she, uh, you know, she just uh, was very, very powerful as a painter with her contrasts and so on. She wasn't as prolific nearly as much as her brother was. So when you were going through this period where she was mentoring you, uh, was it like a formal acceptance that she just kind of brought you into her fold and started teaching you uh, from her point of view? Um, I, I think when when you're working with a young uh well, young person, 13 years old and so on. I think it's careful uh, to not to step on their toes too much, but to be constructive and supportive. Um, she often told me that her, her father, N.C. Wyeth, was very, very tough on students. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I'm pretty lucky that she was so uh, supportive in her constructive critique. And, um, you know, to go over there as much, uh, she would say to me, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, contrast and lights and darks, walk through the whole house. And there were boatloads of N.C. Wyeth paintings there. And look at what my father's done. And if you don't get it, then I don't know what to do with you. But, <laughs> but she, uh, she was very, very uh, uh, supportive. She would never say anything was bad. She would always say to me, Carl, this is strong, even though maybe it wasn't, but what can you do to make it stronger? In other words, she would never say this was bad or, or this was poor. She would always be supportive and uplifting. I, I thought that was a, a tremendous way to, 
to help uh, somebody that uh, is just starting out. And you mentioned that uh, that you say uh, she never showed you techniques. Uh, why didn't she focus on that part of art? I, I think in, in her mind, I, I, maybe she didn't want me to be a clone of, of what she did. But it's very important, I think, to uh, help uh, an artist, like I said, through constructive critique, never showing, never taking a brush or saying, this is how you do it. I think it's important that uh, your biggest teacher is trial and error to, to find out who you really are. Because technique, it will only take you so far, but the emotion that you have in something, uh, if it's a long way around the barn to get there, you take it. Because I think you learn so much more uh, about yourself. Now you say that she asked you questions. Uh, what types of questions would she ask you? Uh, well, you know, uh, what were you feeling when you were doing this? Uh, um, you know, just uh, where the lighting's coming from on, on you know, maybe technical things like that. Um, and uh, again, uh, uh, really, do you really have the desire to want to do this particular pain to, to carry it through? You know, uh, uh, what made you want to do this? It made it, I think it made you look into yourself very deeply. Now, when you would go over to her place, uh, would you be in her studio with her and see her work? Or how would you, how would you work with her? Well, uh, a lot of times we would just go into her back kitchen, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, Carolyn had four dogs, uh, um, you know, they were all over the place and, and uh, you know, just, uh, you know, some of them weren't housebroken and it, was, it, it wasn't really neat, but, uh, uh, you know, she would let, you know, uh, wherever she was working, wherever you're working, that's your studio. I mean, she didn't really work per se in a studio like her aunt, like her father's, but wherever her subject matter was, uh, she did a painting titled Up From The Woods. And uh, she had me carry her easel down uh, to where she was painting it. And you're looking at uh, the painting, you know, I carried her painting down for too. And you're looking at the painting, you're looking at reality. And obviously, uh, reality is what you perceive it to be, because you're God, because you can put things in and take things out. And Carolyn simplified a lot. And, uh, uh, but yet, in my mind, sitting there, uh, looking at the work, it's like, my goodness, this is a, a true artist at work. And, uh, you know, Carolyn, uh, I, I feel, uh, uh, you know, we had a lot of conversations, you know, and, but it, it was about, I really think about following your passion. Now, how long were you kind of going through this period of mentorship with her? Well, uh, it was about seven years, 13 was about 20. Did you get to a point where you just knew it was time to move on or how did, how did you move on? Um, I think, uh, we, I had a, a show at a little gallery in Chad's Ford in 1977 and, uh, I was supposed to do that with a, another fella uh, from uh, uh, the Art Institute of Philadelphia where I had briefly gone with, and he backed out. And uh, uh, Carolyn uh, swooped in and said, I'll, I'll do the show with you. 
and they and she had maybe uh, six or seven paintings of her work. Uh, so we did a joint show together. It was sort of my coming out party. And uh, uh, I think that's when I felt I was starting to be able to stand on my own two feet. They say in the book that uh, if an artist's studio is too clean, uh, maybe not enough work is being done. Uh, what kind of, if we went into your studio, what would we see? Uh, you wouldn't see a vacuum, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... You, you see a creative process. It's it's in, you know, you might see some paintings that are just leaning up a, a palette, uh, you know, notes all over the place, uh, books. Uh, but uh, um, above all, um, you know, it's a, a paint riddled chair. You know, maybe the cat jumped on it and walked through the palette and there's cat prints on it, you know, but... Uh, it's, it's not from Better Homes and Gardens, I'll tell you that. <laughs> now, uh, what did Andy Wyeth's studio look like? Uh, what I described about mine is probably about 10 times worse. I mean, he was, you know, Andy was not, uh, uh, there was no uh, uh, vacuum in his place either, I'm sure. <laughs> so do you, do you collect objects? Uh, a lot of times artists do still lifes and, and things like that. Do you, do you collect objects that you find in different places that you think are interesting? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, if something catches my eye, I, it, it becomes sort of a prop for me. I mean, it just, uh, uh, it, it starts to, to work that world of imagination and creativity because you find something, whether it's 100 years old or, or something relatively new, but what can you do with it to make it a, a creative piece of artwork that will uh, share your own personal uh, uh, vision and take it to a point where the viewer will take it to another uh, another realm. And uh, it's exciting for me. Now you mentioned that you had your first gallery showing in, in 1977. Yeah. Uh, did you feel at that point that you had arrived? Was that like a... a... <laughs> I, I thought I did. Uh, but, you know, when you're 20... Uh, you, you you find that uh, maybe it comes a little too easy because the next couple of years are a lot rougher. Uh, you know you, you you think oh you know we, we sold out that night and oh this is this is great and then you don't sell anything for a couple of years or whatever but because you know it's a it's a lifetime that you're doing this it's it's like I said a little bit ago, can you sustain it? At 20, you don't know if you're going to do that. You, you think you are, but uh, but you never know where life takes you. But but if, if you really, again, follow your passion with it, I think you create allies along the way. People want to help you uh, uh, advance your career. And uh, it's uh, it just depends how dedicated you are uh, to the arts and to yourself to do it. Now you talk a lot in the book about emotion and the importance of emotion. Oh, why is that so significant? I think it's your, I think Robert Henry, uh, who's from the Ashkin uh, school said it best. The only original work you'll ever do is your own life history. And uh, if you don't have the emotion with it, I think, you know, I think you're losing, uh, losing something special that, that, you, you know, you you just won't be able to offer to it uh, to the public that 
you know, that you just, uh, how can I say it? Um, that you just uh, uh, feel that you, you want to bring it to the table. And, uh, uh, but above all, you're doing it for yourself. Now, do you, do you begin with an emotion and then try to find a way to express it? Or do you begin by painting and then just kind of no, I think, discover I think the emotion? Have, I think you have to have the, uh, the emotion uh, to begin with, because uh, sometimes you you know you'll work on something that that has been uh, uh, working on your your thought process. Maybe it could be a year or a couple of years or two. It just depends when it comes to the surface that you have to to put it out. Because if if you put it out right away, it may not uh, you know it may not mean as much. And yet there's some things that. You know, spontaneity can be a great thing. So when you're working on a piece, uh, sometimes it can take a long time to finish it. How do you sustain the emotion over that time period? Uh, I had a student say one time, uh, I thought it was kind of cute. You know, she was working on a picture and she was a little frustrated with it. And she and she said, you know, Carl, I decided to give this painting a friend break. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have friends, you may want to give a little break from seeing one occasion and and uh, she came back and uh, a few months later finished it. it came out quite well um but uh you know, sometimes paintings have to sit you know until you can figure it out but uh it's it's all uh it's all there it's just you know it's a matter of putting it together now, if you're working on different paintings at the same time, can, are you having to switch from one type of emotion to another type of emotion when you do that? Um, well, usually I try to work on something one at a time, but uh, like I said, some things are set aside. Uh, um, yeah, sometimes it's hard to switch gears, but if something overtakes you uh, uh, that you have to, to uh, get that particular feeling out at the moment, um, I think uh, it it tends to, uh, you know, takes priority in what you're working on at the moment. But uh, when you go back to the other one, like I said, it could be a little while. Uh, it's like seeing an old friend again, maybe uh, pick it up where you left off. Now you're sitting in front of two of your paintings, uh, the, the one over the left shoulder with the, the woman looking out the window. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, this is uh, Shay Allen, uh, somebody very close to. Uh, it's done over at the Kerner Farm and uh, catching her uh, looking out the uh, the window, uh, which you actually can't see, but with the light, and I titled it Inside Looking Out. And uh, again, feeling what she's trying to uh, get through in her mind, she has a, a sense of uh, maybe wonderment deep, deep down and just uh, catching the moment uh, to see to see uh, where she is in her life. Uh, and it's done in acrylic. And uh, it, again, seeing that, it just caught my eye. And I had to uh, approach it. So when you paint something like that, do you, do you have her pose there for a while so you can sketch it or paint I, it? I did a lot of thumbnail studies and then uh, had her sit for me. Now, peeking over your right shoulder is the, the painting of a cat. Uh, yes. Tell us Oof. a little bit about that one. Uh, this is one of my uh, late cats. Uh, uh, we titled him Chubber because he was not tiny. Uh, it's uh, 
I'll see you to Wembley. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he was one of my buddies, but all my cats are buddies, but he was in particular. And I totally mesmerized. Uh, he would give you a look in his eye that just uh, almost looked through you. And uh, I thought, well, I do that. And and it's a tribute to him. I've done it many times. And, and uh, yeah, animals uh, take you to a whole different uh, level. Now, you, in, in addition to being uh, a painter, you also were a model at least once for uh, Andrew Wyeth. Uh, yes. What was it like to be on that side of the canvas? Well, uh, sitting uh, for Andy, it was, I think it was 27, I believe. It was titled Handlebar. And... Uh, uh, again, Andy made you feel like you were the most important thing. You know, he never was uh, somebody say, oh, I'm Andrew Wyeth, I'm going to paint you. And, and you know, it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, you respect me in such a, such a way. He was Andy. He was just Andy. And he would talk to you in, in a way that you wouldn't even think you were posing. Uh, but, but watching him work. It was like watching a conductor in an orchestra. He just had a rhythm to how he handled the paint, whether it was very loose or very tight. And seeing this and watching this icon, of course, you know, like I said, he's Andy at work. It really, uh, you know, brought me to uh, uh, the realization that, that, uh, uh, that you, you know, no matter what you do, you have, uh, you're in the moment and he was in the moment. And, uh, yet, uh, uh, like I said, he was a, con a conductor and it was beautiful. So when he was in the moment like that, was, was he silent or was he talking to you? Still talking, still talking, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it you know, it's like a pianist. They know where the fingers go in the keys. He knew what colors to go for. And you know you're sitting there, and you're you're looking off to the side. But out of the corner of my eye, I could see him working. And later on, he would say, "Well, what do you think?" And you just said, "Wow!" You know, it just took you to a, a a different level. What did he talk about when you were sitting there? Oh, geez, that's I think just a little bit of life, and again, what it again what it took to be an artist. You know, just. To, uh, and small talk and, and just to get you into a point of being comfortable that you're not sitting like a, a frozen being. Now you, you painted him at one point. Uh, can you talk about that painting? Why, why did you choose to paint it from, from that point of view? Well, <laughs> well you know, uh, uh, after he had uh, painted me a few months later, I said, well, you know, I'll see if he, he'll sit for me. And, and uh, he downright turned me down and uh, and I thought, well, that, that ends that. And then he said something, well, you know, maybe years and years later when, when I'm an old man, you know, you might get a knock on the door and, and uh, maybe I'll let you sit for me then. Well, years later, uh, he stopped over at our place and uh, he wanted to do uh, a drawing of uh, some uh, mounted deer heads of my grandfather's. And, and uh, so he was doing some drawing there, and I sat, you know, with him, just uh, again, small talk, and 
and uh, he's totally into what he's doing. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself, gee whiz, you know, he knows I'm here, but he's not really paying attention to what I'm doing. So I snuck around and went upstairs and got my, my paints and so on. And, and this was over a few hour period. And uh, he was concentrating what he was doing. I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and paint him at work. And uh, so, uh, again, he wasn't lifting his head up, and I was a little off to the back of him. And when he got done his drawings and so on, and he says, what do you think? And I said, Andy, I really don't care what you think. I said, what do you think what I do is able to do with you? And he looked at it and said, oh, my God, he started laughing. He said, you got me. And uh, I, I, I felt I really captured him because you know, he was totally immense in what he was doing. Now, you mentioned uh, his fascination with your family's farm. Why do you think that interested him so much? Well, I, I, from what I remember, uh, Andy was uh, told when he was a child that he could go anywhere he wanted to as long as he didn't cross the highway. And uh, the current farm was just through the woods and over there. And, and N.C. Wyeth uh, uh, did a lot of illustrations, obviously, and, and uh, when he was a kid. And Andy found out that my grandfather was a World War One vet for, from Germany. And uh, there was a fascination there. And he got to know my grandfather. And of course, uh, the tragic accident with uh, N.C. Uh, being killed in 1945, right near the current farm within the viewpoint, uh, and he often said he looked at my grandfather as, as a surrogate father, and they developed a relationship that was right up until when my grandfather passed away. So you you had uh, a mentoring relationship with Carolyn for, for several years, and uh, you mentioned that he kind of respected that. Was there a point at which he maybe became more active in, in your life as an artist? Uh, yeah, I, I think... Uh, that actually the day Carolyn passed because he came over that morning when she passed away and told me that Carolyn had passed. And uh, I think from that moment on, he took a very keen interest in what I was doing to a point where he would stop in maybe once a month or so when he was in Pennsylvania uh, to see what I was doing. And uh, uh, of course, when he was up in Maine, you know, he was doing his thing and I was doing mine down here. Now, one of the figures you talk about in the book uh, had a nickname of Frolic, uh, George Weymouth. Yes, the head, of the, brain, head of the Brainwine Conservancy. He, he, and, uh, uh, he founded the Brainwine Museum and Conservancy and, uh, back in, uh, I believe, 1971. And uh, quite, a, quite a good artist. Uh, and uh, he and... Uh, Andy started the museum. Uh, Andy and Betsy donated some paintings or uh, to start the Brandywine Museum. So that's been there since 1971. So I got to know him a little bit too. Now you mentioned your grandfather. Uh, how important was he in your life? Um, I think uh, my grandfather, obviously, uh, very Germanic. And one of his uh, sayings is three days of work in one day. Uh, did a lot with the cows and, and during the summer with the hay and and uh, you know he uh, passed uh, away when I was 22 um, so he he was aware I was into the arts but probably 
uh, still more interested in his farming. Uh, he never did get to see uh, uh, any of my exhibits. You mentioned that his brother was an artist. Uh, what, what type of paintings did he do? Uh, well, Christoph, uh, my grandfather's brother, was over in Germany. Uh, did a lot of florals uh, and some oil painting. And uh, I really believe that uh, my grandfather had a love of the arts because of Christoph. And I think in, in, in a way that my grandfather had an appreciation for Andrew Wyeth when he came because of my grandfather's brother, Christoph. What did your grandfather grow on his farm? Uh, had a lot of brown Swiss cows, uh, milking cows, uh, uh, hay and corn at the time, and uh, just a regular uh, uh, Pennsylvania farm. So you mentioned his relationship with Andy. Uh, was, were there other artists in the area that, that knew your grandfather that were coming over uh, to that property? Uh, uh, Peter Hurd uh, stopped in on occasion, uh, um, and uh, you know, Jamie would uh, Jamie Andy's son uh, would just stop to visit. Didn't really paint uh, there, but uh, uh, those are really the only uh, few uh, that I'm I'm really aware of. Now, another person you mentioned in the book was Louise. Uh, who was she? Uh, Louise, my late wife. Uh, came uh, from Springfield, Pennsylvania, uh, loved horses, uh, had her horse over at the Kerner farm, and uh, just a tremendous support to me uh, as a wife uh, to be able to create, did quite a few paintings of her, uh, documenting her life. Uh, and uh, uh, she, uh, she passed away, it would be 11 years ago this coming August. And, uh, uh, Think of her quite a bit, and uh, but she uh, she was a big fan of Chad's Ford and and uh, ended up at, out here, got to know each other and so on. Now you mentioned that uh, she she was a model for for Andy as well. What was that experience like for her? Uh, it's very very interesting because uh, this goes back uh, probably into the early '60s when when uh, Andy. He had a show at Swarthmore College, and her grandmother, who was Austrian, uh, took her to that uh, show. And Louise was a very little girl at the time. She said to her grandmother, uh, uh, I'd love to live out in Chatsford. And her grandmother uh, uh, said, well, Louise, you will uh, someday. And of course, Louise loved Andy's work. That's why she said that. And her grandmother said, uh, Louise, you'll, you'll come out to Chatsworth someday, you'll probably settle down there. And, and you know what, that man may paint you someday. And uh, everything came true. And uh, Louise was uh, somebody that would tell you what she thought. And uh, so she had a chance to, to sit for Andy and, and Louise was ill at the time. And uh, she uh, would go over to Andy's studio, Andy asked her to pose. And uh, so she went over there for uh, oh, a couple weeks or so, and, and uh, Andy took her into his actual painting studio. Now, Andy never took me into that studio. He I always met him in the foyer or in the in the uh, big room before where he actually painted. So for me, it's like Louise going into the Batcave. She saw the whole works and so on. And I would get home, or she would get home, and, and uh, I'd say what well, it was like in there, and she would explain it to me and said, well, 
he would always uh, look at my work outside his actual painting area. And uh, she, uh, she really had a, a blast doing it. Now, another one of your paintings is called First Cutting. Yes. And it's a scene of, of the farm. Is that your family farm that's in that one? It is. It is the back of the, uh, uh, back of the barn. Uh, what I remember most about that painting uh, was uh, seeing my dad rake the hay and so on, knowing that, you know, in, in a little while we're going to put all that in. I thought, oh, my goodness, all that hay. But one of the biggest things I remember doing that along the railroad was all the indigo buntings, an uh, incredible bluebird. Uh, and uh, again, hearing the, the rhythm of the, the bailing machine and, and so on, all the form sounds and so on, it just moved me to do it. Now, the, your family and the farm uh, seem to resonate deeply with you. What is it that, that fascinates you about that? I think it's... Uh, iconic in a way uh and, and intimacy that uh, uh of open space still exists in chats for you though it's getting built up so much uh you know, it's part of your life you grow up you you know you don't move far away uh you know in fact i stayed at the farm you know on the farm property and so on and uh, uh feeling that uh you know maybe the the art speaks to you in a way that that you have something to say something to offer and that way the the tradition of the brain and wine uh, continues and many of, of your paintings have scenes from from the farm or of nature uh, but you say in the book that i've always thought my paintings were abstracts disguised by realism what do you mean by that i think if you break it down in just shapes blocks, uh, rectangles, uh, triangles, and so on, and and just looked at them in basic shapes. It'd be very similar to Carolyn Wyeth's, I think, uh, that that uh, it's like a big puzzle put together, and, and you add some reality to it. Now, one of the other paintings, uh, the one we just talked about, showed uh, the hay being uh, in various stages of being raked, and then you later have one where it's called Unloading Straw. Uh, tell us about that one. That, that that's the ultimate portrait of my father, because uh, to him, his world was in that barn and in the hayfields. And uh, you normally, uh, uh, you go in and and the wagons are sitting there, and you haven't really uh, started to address them. And and one day I walked in and I was about ready to you know start helping him. And I see him on top of the, the wagon starting to do that and the way the light hit. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, a spiritual place, especially when you're in there by yourself to hear all the sounds and so on. But, but uh, seeing him uh, uh, living out his life, doing what he loved to do, and that was farm. And, and uh, it's hard work. There's no doubt about that. And, and he, uh, he loved it. And to me, that, that captured everything about him. Now, as you were developing as an artist, when did you first feel that you had discovered your own vision? I, th I think you, you discovered as you, as you start becoming educated uh, by, by 
observing. You know, I think there's an art to observation. And I think when you see something and you want to put it down, uh, and you put it down in your own reality, uh, rather, you know, you're not you're not a camera here. You know, there, there's there's a there's a feel about what you have uh, have to say through the paint, and uh, if it's uh, something that you want to uh, really put down, you you you're God. You put things in, you take things out until you really create a world that that you uh, are presenting to the public. Now, we've talked about Andy Wyeth uh, spending a lot of time on your family farm, and, and you say at one point that he was really interested in knowing uh, how a young person saw the farm. What was he looking for? Uh, I think the continuation of, uh, of uh, a spirit, uh, an art spirit, that, that uh, it just doesn't stop with, with Wyeth, that, that you, uh, you see a young person that, that has taken up a, a torch of enthusiasm that maybe uh, he has seen from a, a long time ago that he still carried with him but seeing a young person come in with the excitement that that he can relate to um, I think that that maybe moved him more than, than a lot of people realize now you you also teach uh, when did you start teaching artists I started teaching when I was 22, probably had no business doing it then. Uh, but uh, Carolyn Wyeth is the one that inspired me to, to, to teach. And uh, when I see that uh, she took me in as a young person, and was very supportive, uh, I wanted to be able to share that vision that she had with other people, whether they're young or whether they're older, whether they... Uh, going to an art school where they're just starting out, you're sharing uh, the knowledge you have, and yet you're you're still learning. You know, I think uh, you never want to approach a student uh, that you know all. You know, don't be afraid to tell a student that you don't know something. <laughs> so, do you teach at a at a college, or in, in, is it more? I, I taught in a, I taught in an art center uh, uh, for. 33 years, and then uh, um, I teach uh, uh, over at the current farm through the Brandywine Museum past uh, oh, uh, six or seven years. And uh, uh, yeah, it's not a college, obviously. Uh, I don't have a degree. I, would, I, I think uh, uh, what I've learned from the YS, I don't think you can put it on a, on a piece of paper. So if we were if we were sitting in your in the classroom area when you're teaching, what what would we see? Well, um, I think uh, when we're doing the plain air, I think you would see a lot of open space because people are far apart. I don't teach the class as a class. I, I teach uh, everybody to have their own vision. So if they come to the Kerner Farm, they can go wherever they want. Uh, so I, I wander a little bit around to see what they're doing. So they, they get a chance to not have me on over their shoulder the whole time. And there's a lot of uh, constructive critiques. I try to make it as pleasant as possible so they're not going to feel like they're going to the dentist or anything. <laughs> but uh, uh, so they, they have a, a chance to, to add a vision of their own life history. 
Now, one of the quotes you have in the book is, teach to the strengths of your students, not to the strength of the tradition. Uh, yes, everybody has their own uh, abilities and, and their own way of seeing things. So, so I've worked with people that have painted like, uh, uh, say, Van Gogh to uh, uh, Monet to uh, Charles Birchfield to Robert Henry. The way they handle their paint and the way they want to do things, you, you, you go down to the basics and, and uh, uh, you know, you don't teach uh, technique. And I think that way, uh, uh, I mean, if, if, they, if they'd like me to show them how to do something, I would certainly be happy to do that. But uh, uh, try to, I try to stay hands off as much as I can because they have their own uh, uh, ability to uh, uh, have the art of self-discovery. How did your experience uh, working with Carolyn affect the way you teach your students? I think uh, to be as respectful and supportive. Uh, sometimes I, I have a, a little bit of a problem with being uh, terminally sarcastic, which with a little bit of comedic uh, feel might be a problem on occasion. But uh, people, uh, once they know me, it's, it's uh, no problem. But uh, um, to be as supportive and encouraging as you possibly can. And I think people respond to that. Now, one of the people you referenced, and we talked earlier about him, was Robert Henry. Yes. Uh, what, what did you find interesting in his work? Uh, three words, the art spirit. Uh, I came across that book when I was uh, in my teens. Uh, I acquired it through some other art supplies. Uh, could kick myself because I let it sit there for a year. And... Uh, read the few uh, first pages and felt that I had met uh, a brother in the arts. Uh, uh, one of the verses uh, uh, saying offhand that uh, when those are trying to close the book, a young person can come along and add new visions to it. When I read that, uh, at, and saying I was in, you know, late teens and so on, that if I, sustain it and that seems the word seems to be coming up quite a bit today i'll have a, a whole new way of approaching things in life very unique and it's your own voice i think that's what henry had a lot to to deal with me now, in the book, you have a, a lot of quotes that you list there, and, and one is a question that you ask where you say, if you had a chance to have lunch with five well-known artists, living or not, who would they be? So who are your five? Well, I think Henry would certainly be one. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Seuss, believe it or not, I think he would be a character. Uh, uh, Winslow Homer, uh, Edward Hopper, Grant Wood, uh, and uh, maybe Wanda Gogg who's an illustrator. So the, the family farm now, you mentioned the, the Brandywine Conservancy. Well, when was it transitioned in, into a different status? Uh, when my grandmother passed away, uh, my uh, dad uh, certainly wanted to see the farm saved. And uh, we had a chance to acquire it from uh, my aunts. And uh, my dad had a love of the farming and I had a love of the arts, and I approached uh, 
George Weymouth from the museum uh, and uh, said, how would you like to have the current farm as a donation to see it preserved? And uh, uh, he, uh, he couldn't believe that, that we were making that offer. Uh, and uh, like I said, my dad loved farming so much and I loved the arts. And I know that was from uh, being around the Wyeths and, and having my own vision and to be able to preserve and, uh, and uh, see uh, the property uh, taken care of for young artists and people from all over the world uh, coming over to visit that. Uh, I feel uh, is the only way to go really. So you mentioned artists coming from all over the world. So it, is it open for artists to come in and, and work there? Uh, they have people uh, come in on play, plein air events. Uh, of course, this past year has been kind of rough because of the pandemic. But uh, and they do open the forum for tours. So uh, you get to meet people from, you know, we've met them from Russia, Japan, uh, all over the all over the world. And it just shows you how far uh, the Wyeth name has been reached. Now, you mentioned that uh, an artist named Phil Jamison encouraged you to write this book. What, what, what was he wanting you to do? Phil uh, Jamison, tremendous watercolor uh, painter, uh, one of the best in the country, I, I believe. Uh, he's in his 90s now. And uh, he had talked to me quite a while ago. He said, Carl, if you don't write down and share your experiences, that's going to be lost to the, the public. And he said, you know, yeah, you have a very unique way of uh, looking at life, your experiences with, with Carolyn Wyeth and, and Andy and the Wyeth family. Uh, if you don't share that, it's going to be gone. And uh, you really should do this. And uh, so Phil, uh, he really uh, was, was uh, a support in doing it. Well, Carl, Carl Kerner is the author of Beyond the Art Spirit, Mentoring of a Young Artist by Carolyn Wyeth and her brother Andrew. Thank you for joining me. Phil, it's been a pleasure. You've been listening to a podcast of PA Books, a production of PCN, the Pennsylvania Cable Network. Full episodes of PA Books, as well as other PCN programs, are available to stream with the PCN app. Visit PCNTV.com or the App Store for details.